0: Hello and welcome to the Potter's Podcast on a very interesting week. Some people it's sad, some people it's good. We've delayed it again another day because there's of course some massive breaking news and that is we've got a new manager but we'll discuss that after the player ratings. We'll go into that in proper fine detail won't we Andy?
1: Uh whatever you say boss. you're in charge
0: Well there we go then, right So we'll move into player 18s after a fantastic result against Blackburn. A nice one song for Dean Holden After not doing so well in his interim part last season And we go in with Jack Bonham
1: Well for all the pressure that they had in the second half Good evening everybody, good afternoon or wherever you are in the world, hello Um Bonham only had to make two saves and he made them both very well he made a super block uh, on one and he pushed the ball uh, out on the other I thought he looked quite quite accomplished I was quite impressed with him and I would keep him in goal for Wednesday's game um, I just feel that his distribution was actually better than Bursic I think Bursic's lost his confidence completely but um, yeah for me he's getting an eight. An eight. An eight.
0: Uh, I'll go on for seven. I thought he was good. I, I thought he made some good saves, and I think last season he, he had a couple of good performances, didn't he? The problem is he doesn't seem to last. But yesterday, not yesterday, sorry, Saturday, he did a, He did really well. Like I said, Breton Diaz, local lad to us, um, he made a great save there. Bradley Dack, who's gone from being the best player in the championship to now being an average one, he took he saved the chances well, so I can't moan at him. I thought he did well, and then we move into. Ben Wilmot.
1: Yeah. um, I like Ben Wilmot. um, Apart from when he decides that he's another Franz Beckenbauer. Blackman actually targeted him a lot in the match, in my opinion. Um, I thought he was a bit shaky. Um, But I like him when he goes forward, when there's somebody behind him helping to cover but I thought he was our weakest link, if I'm being honest. Um, Diaz, I thought, gave him a, a really hard time. He was on him all the time. They obviously
0: knew where they were targeting
1: him. Uh, I'll give
0: him a four. A four? Yeah. I was, I'm going to go with a five. I mean,
1: That's only because you like him.
0: It's it's nothing to do with that, hand. Do You know how fair I am. But the, the thing is, I thought he... To be fair, whenever he needed to tap the ball, he attacked it. And I know he was weak, but at the end of the day, of course they're going to target him. He's not a right-back. That, that, that's the main one. I mean, he's, the thing I like about Ben Wilmot, and I, and I saw it on Saturday, he'll play wherever if he needs to. He's such, he's such a Phil Neville, isn't he? That he'll, he'll play wherever's needed when it needs to be. For yeah. me, if you're playing right centre back of a back three or as a proper centre back, you'll get a really good player out of Ben Wilmot. But he's been called upon all the time to play in places where it aren't his position. And I thought yesterday, fair enough, when he, he couldn't get back in time, but sometimes you can't. But I, I think until Harry Clark's back, I think we're going to have to stick with him on that position. I thought, I thought he did well enough to keep that position until somebody comes in. That's my opinion on Ben Wilmot. Right, now we'll go into a person that I thought we'd never see play for the club again, and that's Morgan Fox. Yeah,
1: and if I'm being honest, I think we all need to eat a dose of humble pie because he didn't do anything wrong at all. Thought he played really, really well, and what's more important, he um, he actually gave us a better balance. Um, he kept it simple. He didn't do didn't didn't do much wrong. I mean, he he's played he was playing in his right position, wasn't he? A fullback playing as a fullback. Um, I thought probably it was one of his best games. Well, he hadn't had too many games, but I thought it was one of his best games as a as a Stokey, And I'm giving him an eight.
0: I'm going to go over nine actually for Morgan Fox and I'm comfortably now and I'm now actually eating humble pie he was my man of the match for me well he was
1: almost mine
0: but he wasn't mine I thought he was brilliant his left back and it's it's like a revelations happened isn't it you know play your players in the right position it's he was brilliant. Or, or
1: player thinks he might be getting away from Stoke and decides to put in a shop window performance. You can't really say, can you? Cause well, yeah. Last but, week there were there were people talking
0: about him going. It could be one way or the other, <laughs> but if he carries on playing like that, then we've got to stick him and keep him in that position because it he, he was it he was Bale esque. it it the way he was marching forward to the ball, but he was getting back, real clever bursting runs forward. I I, I was really impressed and he's my man of the match I I couldn't believe what I was watching I thought it was somebody else playing and to be honest if if he carries on playing like that especially the new manager when he comes in and if depending on system which is going to be exciting we'll talk about that in a bit later but yeah he gets a 9 from me I thought he was brilliant right now we move into Taylor I thought he actually did well I thought he, he
1: he's grown in confidence since he's come into the team Um. I, I, I quite like him, and when you think that he was probably going to be going out on loan um, if Suter had have come back a bit faster and if uh, Aidan Flint and Jagiel could have played well, I, I think he looks really good going forward too. Um, I'm quite impressed by him, and he's getting another eight from me.
0: Uh, he's getting an eight from me as well, Taylor. I thought he'd, he'd, he was very good yesterday. Calm under pressure. Whenever he needed to tap the ball, he did. I thought defensively, he was strong. And I thought he put a good partnership there with Flint. I, I, I thought that Taylor was, to be honest, he was reminding me more and more of Nathan C- Collins now. At first, yeah. I thought he was more like Suitor, but I think we found another one here. I think this is a good young player. And I said this before, if you put him in a back four, I think he's good enough. Because the problem is with Michael O'Neill, and I think that's what was his biggest downfall, he didn't trust these defenders enough and no. yes and saturday proved that they can they played in a back four and they look really well for it and yeah. flint shined for me and now we're gonna have to eat a little bit more humble pie Anne. don't say we don't
1: say no yes people.
0: it's definitely we it's definitely we you definitely it sounded, up, it sounded rude that it? <laughs> it did it yeah
1: and
0: i have been <laughs> to the bathroom <laughs> flint what a performance
1: I told you several weeks ago, Ian, that uh, Flint was a beckon bear waiting to happen. Why? Uh, And you ridiculed me and said some very unpleasant things about him. So yet again, I've been proved right. He was excellent. He won every header, every tackle. uh, Looked looked like the player that um, I'd seen. A few years ago, and um, I'm glad that he's proved you wrong, Ian. um, He's getting an eight from me. Listen, it it was the best game he's played in the Stokes years. He was decisive. I had the the good fortune of interviewing him afterwards, and he actually seemed a very genuine bloke who said he hadn't played well enough, but he felt much better. I think he's more confident playing in the back four. I think that's one of the problems, but my word, he looked good. So for me, he's my man of the match, and he's getting a nine.
0: You are, case you are, Andrew. Tell you, I tell you all. <laughs> <laughs> if I could is see there your face. It's way of saying that. Could uh, you not be saying more? You know what you thought. I mean,
1: don't don't dress it up. You know.
0: Well, I'm, I'm just going to say it as it is, Andrew. I can only see you from the neck down, da- neck up. That's all I'm going to say. We don't we don't where, <laughs> where you're stuck in here, but yeah. <laughs> To be honest, he was close to mine as well yesterday, and this back four that we've all been shouting for for about a year and a half, has come in for one game against, for me, one of the best teams in the Championship, the way they've been playing. And he was yeah. brilliant. He won every yeah. header every time... As I
1: said he would. I said if we play him in the back four, Ian, he'll be outstanding. Right,
0: come on Ans, climb out. And all right, I can say is... Everything, everything he did was right, and it's like a, a new player's come in because I was thinking about sending him crew after the performances under Michael O'Neill. Yeah. But I but,
1: think
0: he's proved you wrong, and that's all I'll say. And you too. Stop. Oh, I'm to tell you what. I know what you like. But yeah, brilliant, brilliant for Flint to get an eight from me. Scraping it. Well, to be honest, I'm going to give him an eight point five because you do points, and I normally don't. But I'm going to give him an eight point five for that performance yesterday. Yeah. I thought. Well, yeah, I keep saying yesterday, but brilliant. Right, now we move into another one who was brilliant, and that is Sam Klukas.
1: Um, normally we, we both say, what does Sam Klukas do, don't we? Yeah. But but I I, I was quite surprised he started in uh, instead of smallbone or Kilkenny. Um and I thought he played very well, if I'm being honest. I thought he um he played very well first half. He wasn't anywhere near as good second half, but then I don't think Stokes uh, Stoke were I, I thought um, towards the end, before the subs came on, uh, I thought he was in danger of getting sent off because the red rag started descending. But, Luke, it was one of Lucas's better games for us for a while, and I'm giving him a seven.
0: I think you're being tight there, I'm going to go with an eight. And I'll be honest, with the back four and the formation change, Lucas is back to his old self. But I'm going to say this before when Lucas was brilliant last time under Michael O'Neill, he played in a similar system to this. So it's even, it's put more straight away within what, two days of him being sacked, he's already been proven wrong for what he's been doing. And Klukas was brilliant. He was getting the ball forward. He had drive about him. I thought he was going to have a couple of long range efforts and we know what he can do when he when he gets it on his left foot sweetly. Yeah, he was a bit, he was a bit too over eager at times, but I think it's because he was, had a good game and he's, been, he's had a lot of criticism over the day, over the, You know, coming months, and I thought that's more like it. And everybody knows that I'm a massive Clucas fan. I loved him because of that. You know, he scored from the halfway line against Barnsley and his performances then. And he looked similar to that player, he was driving us forward and absolutely brilliant. And again, another player that's going to get an 8.5, brilliant performance. And now we move into Lewis Baker. Well, I thought it was the best he's
1: played this season. Uh, I don't know if that was because he was playing a little bit further forward, or or because he had players that he felt he could trust next to him, or because he were playing in the four. Uh, but again, I thought he was overrun in the second. I thought the midfield was overrun in the second half. It was like the Alamo. Uh, but again, I thought he did his best. Um, he worked hard. Not quite. To, well, I wouldn't say he works like Jacob Brown, but he scored a goal, didn't he? He scored a goal which again i know it bounced in front of the keeper i'm not sure whether it was a worldie that most people were saying i didn't care it was lovely to see how happy it made him and everybody in the crowd because uh i just think it t- topped a really good first half performance for him and i'm going to give him an
0: 8.5 hey uh, i'm going to go with an 8.45 i'm going to go in with okay. a quarter i'm going to go for three quarter. i thought he did really well I think he made some vital blocks when it did become, as you say, the Alamo. I, I think he made took, one brilliant one,
1: didn't he? Yeah, yeah,
0: one was an incredible block, and to be honest, it, it yeah. won us the game in time. So, you know, he's he brilliant performance again. This is what we've been waiting for Lewis Baker, and as you notice, I said Lewis this time because he's putting the performances in. It was a good strike. I don't know what you mean, because it was similar to the one that he scored not long ago, where really the keeper should have had it all day long, but it went in and that's all that matters. It won us the game. And he was was shouting, he was being a leader for the first time this season as well, since he's been given the armband. And like I say, the block saved us. It was a good long-range effort. He was on Atom as much as he could. I know second half they kicked in when they brought a bit of pace on. That Dolan, got to get him in if we get promoted, but brilliant performance and now we move into jordan thompson
1: i thought jordan thompson works tirelessly i, I like jordan thompson i think he does a lot of uh, the unsung hero work to be absolutely honest um he wouldn't be in in our top team but whenever he comes in he keeps things moving forward uh, he struggled in the second half. I thought, as I said before, uh, after like we all do. But he, I thought his corner taking was good. You know, it was particularly his in swinging corners, um, and he's not frightened to put his foot in and, and take one for the team if necessary. Uh, but I'm going to give him. I'm going to be a bit stingy with him. I think I'm giving him a seven. Uh, to be
0: honest, you, I'm going to give him a six to be honest. Um, you, only, you just do this to
1: wind me up, Ian. I, d- I Just don't. because I said Ment was one of
0: the best players we were signing in the window, no. you've now gone all bitter and twisted. No, yeah, I, I like Jordan Thompson. You know I like him. I think he's he made a good, vital block, but that's all I can really say about him, really. And For me, I'd prefer Kilkenny in that position because I think even when we were under the cosh, I think Kilkenny is a, a better midfielder for that position. Um Thompson for me is always going to be a squad player I don't think he's quite got that quality I think he has I agree with you that he has got a good ball on him he can deliver a good ball but for me he needs to do more on the pitch he needs to link up more he needs to drive forward a bit more whenever we're attacking because at times he was sitting back too deep and I think come on and then as soon as they break he was sort of in no man's land but it's still a good performance he never stops he works hard so it was still a good performance Right, and here we go. Now, with the most unlucky striker in the Championship at the moment, Dwight Gale.
1: Yeah. um, When he scored that goal, I thought, yes, yes, yes. I think it was probably offside, this one. Um, Even when he isn't playing at his best, and I didn't think he was uh, at his best, you can see the potential for him to score loads of goals, can't you? Um, Every time I see him play... I think, just get one goal. Just get one goal, it'll make all the difference. And, and whilst we haven't spoke about the new manager, um, I always felt that Michael O'Neill had been unlucky at Stoke. And that If ever Gail is going to score, it will be his first match under Alec Neil if he's picked, on Wednesday. And that will prove how unlucky Michael was. Um, he works... He, he, you can see he's got it all there. You can see why he scored. Um... He wins free kicks very well. I love the way when somebody pushes him, he lies on the ball and holds it. Um, I
0: didn't think it was his best game, so he's getting a seven. I'm going to follow him with a seven as well. I think he's probably the most unlucky striker at the moment. If he wasn't for this goals, he'd be on five now. Until ready, yeah. so it shows he's got that lethal touch. He reminds me a lot of Kenwyn Jones and that fact, Because I know yeah. everyone's got a going to jump game what, <laughs> but he was a good movie. And that's the thing—he knew where to I'm be. a good
1: mover, Ian. Well, so I won't score goals. Well,
0: people might have to pay see that, but we'll have, to, <laughs> we'll have to sort that out and get it on 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 the page. But yeah. I liked how he, like Ken Windows just move The problem is he just had a horrific foot, you know, just couldn't finish. But Gail can, and it, it's just a matter of time before he kicks in. It's it's just fact, really. I mean, it, he's he would already be on fire if he want for disallowed goals. Once this clicks, he will score a lot of goals for Stoke whilst he's here it's just fact you can just watch him the way he moves the way he gets in the box he knows where to be he's a bit too eager which is probably might be down to him being still a bit rusty because he hasn't played a lot of football over the last season and a half so I'm hoping that that'll kick back in but yeah I'm I'm impressed right now moving to Jacob Brown he put in a load of
1: effort didn't he I don't think Jacob Brown has done very well apart from he ran ran and ran and ran and ran and you'll never fault him for that Uh, things aren't, I don't know whether it was the formation. well, it can't be the formation because we changed it, but there's something not quite right about Jacob Brown at the moment. He puts his shift in every time, um, but I think I'm only, I'm going to give him a seven for his effort.
0: I'll give him a six to be fair, Brown. To be fair, I thought he linked up well with Wilmot when we were trying to get forward, but I I don't like him as a right winger. He never did. I've, I don't like him on that position. He hasn't got enough quality for me to be on that position. If you're going to play him... This is why I said this at the start of the season, that I think he'll start losing his place. Because it has got to start proving that he is either a goal scorer or a creator. And I don't like him on the right. I was hoping to see... If we're going to play that system, i prefer to see Campbell there because we know how lethal he is at coming in on his left and taking on shots. So... Brown's going to buck up quick, because if he doesn't start, I mean, he's done all right, he's hit two ante this season so far, so he's he's proved himself all right. But he might be one of the sad victims of this formation change if it does come in. Yeah. And yeah. It, and that's my only feeling on this with Jacob Brown, because the problem is I don't see him as a striker, and I don't think he's a centre-forward either, so I'm I'm struggling to place him. But he's he's a good player, he never stops running, and he'll always be a part of the squad, in my opinion. So, right, now we go into Liam Delap.
1: You can you can see that Liam delap has got everything that's needed to be a really, really good striker. But he's obviously not match fit yet. And in the matches we've seen him play, he's tired uh, badly. But my word, was he not happy when we won? And you'll have seen the pictures of how happy he was. And, and he made a comment of how he, he wants to play for this team. And I think when he's up to running and he's got his speed, he played well first off, he puts himself about a bit...
0: I think he'll be a really good asset to the club seven for me I'll go over six again I thought to be honest I like how good he is it's something that apparently he's never been at Man City which was bringing other players into play he yeah. seemed to be a proper centre forward he was dropping off trying to put bring Gale and the others in as, as much as he could I don't think he's fit as you've said but the lad's not played football yet so this is his real sort of crack at it I nothing's not
1: come off for him up to now either you know I think I do honestly think Alec Neil will change the look of the team.
0: Um, it just the way it happens, and something will come off him, off for him, and he'll, he'll battle on in on Wednesday. With that score, I think he's going to he's going to be good, Adi Liam D'Lap. I'm just hoping he's not one of them that comes good at the end of the season when, when there's nothing on it, and then pushes on after that. If you know what I mean, because it is his yeah. first goal football, empty. Right, so now we'll talk about Gail uh, Campbell coming on for Gail in the 61st minutes. A good early sub again as well.
1: Well, it was odd to see his sub so early. It's something I think we might have to get used to. He came on and, and he had that one run where he showed that he has got pace. I mean, he left the fullback for dead, didn't he? Um, and then we had this strange exchange where he put the ball in the box, and I think it was Demasio, Mike Philip. Right, Philip should have shot and scored, and then tried to pass it back to him. Uh, my only problem with Campbell is he doesn't track back. For me, he had two good runs in the match, and I'm sorry, I don't think he tracks back enough. Um, I think he's great for coming in from the, from coming in, running inside, playing out wide and coming inside. Um, I don't think he's controlling the ball as well as he used to, uh, so he's going to get a six.
0: I think you're being very harsh there. I don't think you like you, Mr Campbell, do you? Seems I'm looking like...
1: against him other than I, I think... How can I put it? He might not be lazy. He might be very tired, but he doesn't appear to me to track back when he's lost the ball.
0: Yeah, but Fuller didn't, did he? And, and sometimes. Yeah,
1: but you if you're comparing Tyrese Campbell to Ricardo Fuller, then um, wait a few years.
0: Well, well, I'm just—we we have put that comparison before in the past, but. I, I thought he did well for the time he had. I, th- I think, I don't know what the hell right, Phillips was doing with that chance and passing it back to him. <laughs> I thought, like, what are you doing, son? What are you doing? Get that hit. Um If I wish he had the, the, you know, the finishing of his dad at that point. Well, sorry, not his dad, his granddad, but... I I thought it was that's the best I've seen him for a while to be fair yes I would agree
1: I would agree
0: he looked like he was up for it he was beating players which is confidence which I like I I mean we've needed that for a while somebody who's going to take on a man and I think under Alex Neal if he does play wingers I think there's a future again now for Campbell because I think there's been a few players in our team which has been proven after this change in formation that Campbell Klukas and others which we'll talk obviously a bit more later but I thought I thought he did well, Campbell, when he come on. I think it was just the right time bring him on, and I I enjoyed it. So I thought it was a good one. Good. So I'll, I'll give him a seven. Now Fosu. Now again, why are we playing him? Is a defensive player, around? I'm not understanding well, that. Well,
1: I think they needed to make a change because uh, I think Wilmot had given his all at that stage, and we know he's had a bad foot. Um, he isn't a right back in in any any world. He is not a right back. But he he stuck to his task. Listen, at one point, I thought he was going to give him a goal. Um, You know, he could have cost us, as could Demasio Wright-Phillips at one point. Um, I'm going to give him a five. He's he's, he's obviously a good player. You can see it in him when he's moving forward. Um, I'd like to see him in his his correct position, uh, but he's getting a five.
0: Yeah, I'm going to get a, get a five. I'm not. I'm, I don't understand why anybody in, in the world of anything has decided that this player is defensive. I no. I genuinely don't get it. He's a left winger. He doesn't even play right wing, which I am really. Con- I know. I'm I not, know it's frightening. I'm not. Conf- I'm very confused by this. Now he's played left wing back a few times. Um, I don't know if it was for Brentford. I'm not sure because so I haven't really looked a lot into his past. But I know, I know his positions. He's never a right-back or a right-sided player. And you can tell that when he plays. And a few yeah. times I thought Blackburn were going to break through and score because of this. And, you know, I, I don't understand the sub of right-phillips when you've got Fossu there, who is a proper left-winger. Bring yeah. him on. Yeah. But anyway, it, it, I, I thought he did all right. He, he tried to be a right-back. Every time we tried break forward, you could see his real bursts of pace and, and ability to try get in the dangerous areas. But, yeah... Let's try and play him where he's supposed to play. That's one thing I'm going to say. And then, of course, right, Phillips for Brown.
1: Yeah, um, I didn't think DiMaggio had one of his better games. I think he's quite a talented player, but he's getting a four off me because he could have cost us at one point, and he should have
0: scored. Um, I'm going to go on with the three, actually. I, th- I thought it was a really bad display coming off the bench, really. I mean... I don't know what he was doing with that chance. That should have been 2-0 game dead and buried. And to be honest, if it wasn't for you know Flint sorting it out, that could have been 1-1 just because of a a, a, la- a real sloppy bit of playing. I know he's I know he's a bit rusty and he's still not a 100% player and we've seen quality in films. So I think he's going to be a good player. I really do. But that's got to improve. To be honest, Ante, he's got to improve that part of his game where he's gotta he's gotta to learn to concentrate more. I can remember when Campbell yeah. broke through when he first broke into the Stokes side and we had to learn him to Shrewsbury, he came out a better player. I, I think right Phillips is getting onto that age now where I'd still keep him around because we haven't got enough, you know, players at the moment to squat. But if we're gonna bring somebody off the wing, for me it's either Campbell on the right and Fosso on the left, that's that's what I'd be looking at. And of course, the substitutes that weren't used is Bersick, Jaggy Elkett, Smallbone and Kilkenny. Has any there shot you? Didn't come on? No, none of them
1: at all. Mm,
0: Quite a surprise. Right, so now moving to the overall rating of the performance. What are you going, your own man? I'm
1: giving
0: them a nine. A nine? I'll I'll be honest, I'm getting in with a solid nine as well. I thought it was a refreshing change. I think the formation really worked. I'm, I'm glad of it. Right, now we'll do the the KFC one, we're going with the referee, Lee Dougherty.
1: Yeah, uh, this referee uh, was a late change, um, and I don't know if people remember, but in a particular match at Stoke, he sent off Dean Holden and Rory DeLac. Um He was that referee. Uh, Dean Holden told me after the game, so before the game that this referee apologized to him after and said he made a mistake um, i thought he gave us some good decisions to be honest there were a couple there was a nailed on penalty in my opinion nailed on pen- penalty when uh, taylor uh, tackled i think it was was it bradley duck yeah matter anyway he didn't he didn't give it um and i was um, delighted that he didn't so for that reason i'm giving him an eight
0: an eight. Um, that's a bit of a. That's that's took me a little bit of surprise. That as that's, that's How can a, you not raise the ref highly when he's he's given us not given the
1: stone more
0: penalty against you? Well, yeah. Go on, and I'll, I'll scrape it up to a seven. I was going to give a six. You've got a good point there. And to be honest, I think. Um, Thinking like who was he I think Lucas was very lucky as well not to get a red card. So yeah. he was a bit biased towards us this time, which is good. So he gets a good seven. And now, outgoing interim manager Dean Holden—he goes with my blessing, to be honest. What's his rating?
1: Well, Dean Holden, unless I'm sadly mistaken, has never lost as a manager of Stoke City. Uh, He's—he stepped in when Michael was uh, having his hip operation. He stepped in when Michael had COVID, and um, I thought he handled himself so well on Saturday when you'll you'll have heard Ian and you'll have seen lots of pictures after the game of John Coates talking to him pitch side. I was there, I was the other side of the wall where you see Phil Gregg in the photo. I saw the conversation and a lot of people who were further away from me at that time clearly can't lip read because John had his back to everybody but must have very good hearing because I didn't hear a word that was said Everybody else knew at that point, apparently, that that is when uh, Dean Holden was told he was sacked. I don't believe that, but I can't say it's true or not. What I do believe is that Dean Holden showed a great deal of class because he was very close to Michael. Michael brought him to Stoke City. Uh, He took the training on what must have been a difficult time. He certainly rallied the troops, and I thought they put in such a shift for him that I'm giving him a ten.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go on with a nine. I'm not going that far. I thought it was... A, for, for what's happened during the week, and I'll be honest, both of us predicted spankings, to be honest. I think you went 3-1, I went 3-0. I uh, went 1-0, stone. No, you didn't. Yeah. it, lie, utter lie, utterly People listening back, I want you to start hammering answer for this now because the lies upon lies. It's unbelievable. But... To be honest, I'm hoping that's not true because I think after a win like that, if the manager's then coming to you when you you're doing your pre-match whatever, that that's pretty sickening. To be honest, I'm hoping that isn't true. That John Coates has got up to you and told him he's sacked after that.
1: Well, I don't. I, I can't possibly believe it's true because, firstly, if you've any sense and you've worked in football as long as Dean Holden has, you would know that you've little chance of staying when the man you've been working with all the way through has gone when you know before kick-off that the man who's replacing your former manager is in the stand and he's never gone anywhere without his number two, which is Martin Canning. If you've no sense in the world, you, you pretty much the writing's on the wall there, he's always gone with, with Alex Neal. This time would be no different, so I don't believe that he didn't know beforehand, but that's just me surmising. Um, he'll get well compensated he will get paid as will Michael O'Neill and you know what he'll go on and he'll do great things at another club I'm gutted that they've both gone I know it's a results driven business but I like them both as people um, football isn't about nice people it's about results and they both knew that eventually it would catch up with them just as I think Alec Neal, Alex Neil, at some point you look at all the managers their luck runs out at some point or they're either pinched by another club and the best time a manager is the day they walk in the club because everybody thinks they're the messiah and he might get us up, he might not but at some point Alex Neal will leave Stoke City and I just hope he leaves because he's done a brilliant job and he's gone on somewhere to even greater things, but as regards Dean Holden, look, I've never never met a nicer man who's been through so much in his personal life and I wish him all the best as I'm sure you do
0: Yeah I do I wish, I wish Dean all the best he's, he's always coming to come across as a nice bloke, he's always put the club first, you know, at the end of the day he's, he's he's actually managed the club as well so, you know, we can class him as, as an interim he's he's, he's managed this, I think, six games isn't it? six or seven games altogether not had a lot of joy, to be honest but he, he did well and I, I think he did exactly what we've all been hoping for as Stoke fans, he changed the formation we looked a lot better, a lot sp- sprightlier as well, we were, we were all over the pitch a lot better but one thing he did that we're going to mention here now is Every player that was on that pitch was a permanent player, which is a, which is something that I, I, I didn't think would happen. You know, the, the, all the loans that Michael O'Neill had been brought in, all the new signings. He went back to players that we thought were done, like Klukas who's permanent player, Morgan Fox. Every on that pitch is a contracted Stoke player, and he put a good performance in like that. So I, I do give credit to Alden there. I think he's done exactly what the Stoke fans wanted. And I don't personally, Ange. I don't think he did know the writing was on the wall because, well, it was. I mean, he's not stupid. At the end of the day, he knew that Alex Neil was there and he was watching the game. Um, but it is going to be sad to see him go. And now we'll have to have a quick talk about it. Michael O'Neill, that come out of absolutely nowhere. Was it Tuesday or Wednesday that happened? Thursday. Thursday. Come out of absolutely nowhere that did, Ange. What What are your feelings on that?
1: Uh, my only feelings are the timing was very odd. Uh, I thought if it was going to happen this week, this last week, it would have happened on Sunday. I saw John Coates gazing out over the pitch long after the match had finished against Sunderland and he didn't look happy as you would expect. But given a track record of Stoke in the past, I thought that he, he, when we hadn't heard Monday or Tuesday, I thought yeah, we'd got O'Neill for another week. And I was gobsmacked. So I'm assuming that something happened in those few days, whether Stoke had already sounded out other people and one had said yes, or whether something had happened that none of us were privy to, and it was just the final straw for the Coates family. But um, it's done. Uh, I I will always say that Michael O'Neill was a man of integrity, that Michael O'Neill saved the club from going to the First Division, in my opinion, although none of us can ever prove that, that Michael O'Neill more than halved the wage bill, that Michael O'Neill got rid of a toxic dressing room, that Michael O'Neill brought through a a huge amount of young talent that I don't think we've seen for years at Stoke City, and ultimately he wasn't a lucky manager, he was saddled with injuries. Um, I feel very sorry for him, but he knew... He knew that he was uh, on borrowed time when we weren't getting the results. I wish him all the best and I think he'll go somewhere else and do a fantastic job. We now know Alex Neil has come into this club and his job will be much, much easier than it might have otherwise been. So that's my summing up of, of Michael O'Neill.
0: done a great job, Ange, because everyone knows I wanted him gone. I thought it was time at the end of the season, last season to be brutally honest with people. I was very, very shocked by them going this early, though. Because uh, knowing the Coates family and all that, like, they do give you a proper go at the season Yeah. and I'm very surprised that this early they've, they've shot. I mean, to be honest, I, I, he's done a fantastic job, he's brought through Nathan Collins, Harry Suter, uh Campbell is part of that, right? Phillips Sparrow to a smaller extent, now a young brilliant player we've got there and Connor Taylor. Bersic, if he starts getting his head on right, he's brought through some great players. He, I think where he fell down, he was too stubborn with his formation, and I don't think he was good at signing players. That's the thing that I'm going to go down to with it. Um, but I'm, I'm still a bit in shock of what's happened this weekend. It sort of it did come out of nowhere, and I'll be honest, I'm surprised by who we've brought in which is Alex Neil. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I'm not, because it's quite uh, common knowledge that we wanted him uh, when he was at Preston, when we had to make a managerial change, and my belief is they also wanted him before they got Gary Rowett. So eventually they've got him. Uh, I don't know what swayed it for him this time. Uh, I can hear people saying, well, probably finances, which always helps. But I, I... you have to have thoughts that you can do something with a football club to leave uh, Sunderland, who who beat us quite convincingly in the second half. I mean, I know the first half against Sunderland, when he saw his close-up and personal first half, we were the better team. But second half, uh, they were way the better team. So he must have seen something other than the money, I think, to want to come to Stoke City. Uh, it could be something as simple as he wasn't happy at Sunderland. But um, as much as... Uh, I have never liked our teams playing against an Alec Neal team, Alex Neal team. I think he, he does the ugly side of the game extremely well. I think he has the shape set up really well. I don't think that any time we've played them, his teams, I don't think they've been particularly attractive to watch. Uh, but ultimately, it's a results business. And whilst people have all wanting to be uh, entertained by football... I think we might see a, a, a style of football that's more reminiscent of Tony Pulis than, than some people expect in terms of shape and discipline, but look, he's he's got a promotion on his CV um, and that's very important, whereas Michael O'Neill had got no, no promotions on his CV, one to the Premier League I think, um, he's got a couple of promotions, in fact three if you consider Scotland, uh, when he worked in Scotland. He's obviously got a proven track record that Stoke
0: want, and like everybody else, he'll have my backing. I'll, I'll be honest, I'm quite surprised by this loving for Alex Neil. I mean, I, th- I think he is a poor man's Tony Pulis, if we're, if we're going to put it in that way. Um, he's a very defensive coach, and I think at this time, it's, it's what we sort of need. I'm looking at his... Last time, last well, last three championship finishes when he was at Preston, he finished ninth. Then he followed that up with a thirteenth finish and then a fourteenth. And then apparently there was a mutual agreement that, that he left the club. I know Preston fans were not a big fan of him. They didn't like the football. They thought it was boring. It was it was very regimented, which we're used to at Stoke. We had nine years of Tony Pulis, but I'm surprised by this one. Is this what we need at this moment in time?
1: can say is the coach family clearly think it is because the coach family have hunted him down um, and, and so they obviously see something anymore know something about him or want him because they think he's the winner we need at the moment
0: I, I can understand because at the end of the day I'm, Sunderland fans are gutted that he's gone and He's, he's done quite well. Well, I say he's done quite well. I mean, at one point, they were very comfortably clearing the automatics and then he somehow finished, what was it, fifth or sixth. But he did the job anyway. He got him up through the playoffs. They're sad to see him go because he had a great start. I mean, they were top of the league, weren't they, before the start of this? Yeah. This thing. Yeah. So it's an incredible turnaround. I mean, I will back him. I will give him the chance. But, it's one of them where I'm, I'm, I'm a bit, I don't know, I'm a bit not, I'm trying to think of the word. I'm not, It's not dead exciting to me. (laughs) It's not like a a manager that comes in and you go, oh my God, this... I can remember I did that with Nathan Jones because of his back catalogue and what he'd done before. But like I say, when I look at Preston's form there, he had three seasons at Preston and in every season they slowly got worse. You know, went from 9th to 13th to 14th. So... I'm going to look at it with positive eyes. I think he's going to come in. We're going to get behind him, aren't we and So let's hope that this could be a good one. That's all I can say with this. but one thing i've got I've got to say is are you happy with this appointment? Am I happy with
1: this appointment I will be happy i i will- reserve judgment. The one thing I will say is, I'm a died in the wool Stoke fan, as everybody knows. I always feel that if you've gone after somebody a couple of times or once and they've turned you down, me as a human being, I don't think I would go back for them again. But that makes it even more interesting why John Coates has gone back for him because he obviously sees uh, something different in him. Um, and so I will I will say um, I can understand why they've gone for him because of the promotion on his CV and again, Sunderland, who, who haven't got the greatest of players, when you look at their team sheets, I, I think they've seen something in him or have met him before and they feel he's the winner they want. So, it wouldn't have been my choice, but I'll go with him.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get behind him, there's no question about, about that. And it's exciting times, isn't it? It's, 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 for me I think the big problem with Michael O'Neill and we might as well jump onto it now I mean I did want him go I thought it was time you weren't so much were you but the writing was on the wall I think he I had... wouldn't
1: have. I wouldn't have sacked him and I would have looked at it after 10 games but it's done now
0: Yeah it's, it's done. It, it is it's done may now well,
1: It may well be that uh, the Coates family got wind that Neil was uh, uneasy or, or they felt that there was a few days left of the window and they might be able to do something so we'll see but we will
0: get behind him, yeah. And that's what—that's the main thing. I mean, hopefully now the fans can get back up again. And there has been—and we're going to the transfer rumours. There's—there's not a lot been going on. But this morning we were linked to Federico Fernandez of Newcastle, a centre-back, yeah. a left-sided centre-back as well. Um, what do we reckon to this one?
1: I reckon if we're paying his wages, it's a non-starter, because I think he's probably on about sixty grand a week. So, um, unless they're paying his wages, I can't see it happening. I can see us looking for a couple of players before Thursday. I think it's Thursday when the deadline is. Um, And I I think that, um, apart from that, we might be looking for a goalkeeper. So, um, I think there might be a few changes. um, And and we'll just have to have a look. But I I wouldn't be certain that that guy is coming. I mean, what I would say is... um, I'm looking forward to uh, the home game against Swansea on Wednesday with a great deal of optimism because they had a long trip and lost at Middlesbrough, although we put in a massive amount of work in the second half at Blackburn. Um, and, of course, we've got the return of Joe Allen, and I don't think they've won since if Joe Allen started this season. And for me, the first name on the team sheet on Wednesday would be Sam Klukas because he always plays great
0: Against Swansea. Yeah, it is. Well, we'll go into that now. and could cover that more. I think there is going to be a few more signings. I'll say that. I'll definitely back that up. Um, I think they've possibly already. Well, in negotiations were talking about who they're going to bring in. I, I, one thing I'll, I'll quickly mention as well. I've never known a manager being unveiled last as long as Alex Neil one did. It was like every time I was looking, he's he's now he's now in um, Saint Toronto Sunderland. It's expected to be completed. He said bye-bye to the tea lady at Sunderland or whatever. It took like three days, didn't it, just to confirm it. It's crazy. I think,
1: I think one of the main things for that was they've obviously got to pay um, Sunderland some compensation. Uh, they were probably talking about uh, the assistant manager coming and the assistant manager was in charge of the team at Norwich when they were playing against Norwich. Um, the same day as we played at Blackburn, and I think possibly out of respect, they didn't want to discuss the move for his assistant till after that match, uh, and that's why nothing was confirmed till Sunday. I think it would be as simple as that.
0: Well, be, well, it's it's pretty good, that is. Um, but yeah, what we, what we're discussing then now?
1: We're talking about the game against Swansea. Oh, ah, well, the
0: game against Swansea. So it's the return of Joe Allen, and. Yeah. This one's going to be an exciting one because you've got Alex Neil going to be managing for the first time. There might be a completely different squad from how we know. What do we think of this one?
1: Well, it's quite it's quite odd again because Russell Martin um, he won't change his system either. Everything that we said about or people said about Michael O'Neill, they'll say about uh, Russell Martin. He he, he plays a, he he hasn't got full backs. Um, but he plays a system where, where you, you need wing backs um, it's almost the same you can look on the fan sites of Swansea and people are moaning um, about him not having wing backs and he's playing the wrong system they say he's stubborn and they say the club's gone backwards since since he's been managing them so I hope it goes even further backwards on Wednesday um, as I say I'd play Klukas, I don't think I'd, I'd change the team much to be honest but it depends how tired people are uh, certainly you couldn't drop Flint um, You couldn't drop Fox I wouldn't drop Taylor Hopefully Wilmot will be fit So I'd have Bonham in goal I'd have that as your back four um, In midfield I'd definitely play Clucas uh, and Baker uh, I'm not sure whether I'd play to- Thompson or Kilkenny With it being a home match And up front you've got to have Brown, Dilap, and Campbell haven't you?
0: Um, not for me now um I'd stick with the goalkeeper I'd stick with the same back three a back four sorry I would go with Baker and Klukas I'd bring Smallbone back in for Thompson and I'd go with Fossu on the on the left with Gale on his own in the middle and Campbell on the right Right see
1: I'd bring I'd bring Gale on this this match um I think uh I think he might he might just benefit from um I don't
0: know, I, I, I would go with any, that's the problem, you've got four forwards, you can only play three of them now, it's good isn't it, because we never used to have a forward. Well, I, it, when I look at what Alex Neal plays, he sort of plays kind of a Brazilian way, where you, you play with two high wingers, with two strikers, so I don't know if he's going to go with that, and then if it does then we could have Brown alongside um, Gale with Fosso on the left and possibly Campbell on the right. Now, if we go like that, we, we could batter teams, let's be honest. If this clicks in, and I, I, I to be honest, now I understand why Alex Neil has left Sunderland for us. Because for me, the biggest problem, which I've been saying for a long time, was the system that was letting us down. Whereas now it's opened up, and we saw how well we did against Blackburn. To be honest, I think we could have won that 3-0 if if we'd taken his chances. But I've got a feeling we're going to batter these
1: well, I I don't know, but they're, I think their centre half got sent off on Saturday, so he won't be able to play.
0: They're, they're um, a very disjointed side, though, Swansea. They, yeah, they, but
1: the you know they they they're gonna we have to, we beat them last season there comfortably. Um, I just I don't like playing against Swansea because I just find them one of those teams that I don't like. Um, but for me, the season starts again on, on Wednesday, and I'm dead excited.
0: Yeah, I I can't wait for this game because I've just got a feeling if he gets it right and we attack them down the wings, we could batter this team. And we're going to go in score predictions. What are yours going to be for this game? Uh, 2-1 Stoke. 2-1. I'm going to go 3-0 Stoke.
1: Wow.
0: I don't know. I think Alex Neal with his system and if he gets it... I think he's already got the players for this. I really do. And with the improvement of Morgan Fox at left-back, with how well Flint played in the back four I don't even think we need to play a holding midfielder with how well they did they they, they were such a rock they, that's the best defensive performance I've seen in about two years and I'll be honest if we can get wingers breaking down supporting them forwards I think we we could really do some good here. and I think Alex well, Neil's system is will work with that Yeah, you've got to
1: also factor in that it, really this is a three game week although we play Reading on Sunday it's a midday kickoff. I think he'll make very few changes tomorrow uh, sorry on Wednesday because I just don't think he will uh, because the team did well um, but I think he might make more changes against Reading
0: Well I'm, I'm hoping he comes in like a bully and start and starts sorting everything out and goes right we'll do this and and puts his stamp on it. I think playing with wingers works for us. I don't think Brown does on the wing, but I think Campbell coming into that role, I think we, him breaking in and supporting Gale, it, it's it, it's what we've been asking for, isn't it? This where we play with wingers and, and break teams down. I, I, I'm excited. I'm really excited to see what Alex Neal's going to do here because he could be brilliant. He might not be. We don't know. But I, I've just got a feeling this change in formation could really unlock Stoke i don't think he'll
1: change Swansea. much, Ian. I don't think he'll change much for, for Wednesday. Well, you watch the match, I think you'll have a I think you're alive quite a lot on uh John O'Shea who was with him, wasn't he, at Sunderland. And John O'Shea and Rory obviously staying. Um, I'm I don't know if he's taking the training session today, but he'll certainly take one tomorrow. Um, and more than likely, he'll rely on the the coaching staff and his own thoughts. Having seen the game, I mean, he's seen our last two games, one at very close hand because he was the manager of the opposition. Um, but but I'd, I think he'll make more changes on Sunday than he will to Mill on Wednesday.
0: Well, we'll we'll see what happens. It's exciting. It's exciting, isn't it? And here we go, a new a new start again. What, yeah, but what? You've got to find a way
1: of uh, using, as, as I said in the last podcast, nobody would not want, Gail Campbell, Brown and Dilap, and in a couple of weeks you can add Powell back into the mix there. Every other club in the Championship would want that, and he's got to find a way to get the best out of those players, whatever system he uses.
0: And let's hope he can, because let's be honest, with that forward line, and how well the defence played, it, you never know what could happen here. <laughs> let's be honest, let's all be hopeful. Right, so before we end the podcast... What system
1: do you think we'll go with?
0: I think he'll go with his the system he's always played, which is the, which is the attacking four four two, very defensive. Yeah, I think he'll go
1: four three
0: three. Well, I wouldn't mind four three three as long as because if we could bring Nick Powell into that forward line as well. But for me, Fossu on the left and Campbell on the right, I think we've got a good attacking central partnership there. And if, yeah. if we bring, well, we haven't got wing-backs, have we? We've been trying for a long time. But if we can bring wing-backs in and Clark does get fit, we could probably put Tyman and Clark in there to bomb forward with support dropping back with the two holding midfielders. It's it's exciting times. Like I say, if he, if he gets it right, we could be a very good attacking team. But it, it all depends on what he feels or what he wants to do. He might not trust his defence at the moment. And we don't know if... Dean Holden was told to play about this way by him. We don't know. I've known in the past where new managers come in and have said... No,
1: Neil had nothing to do with the team on Saturday. Absolutely nothing. He wasn't signed as a manager at that point. He had nothing to do with the team. And I I just actually wondered, you know, I don't believe... But Again, it's just me. I don't believe that those players adapted from Thursday, uh, having had what would be a shock at the training session, uh, a very light session on Friday. I... I honestly do believe that Michael O'Neill and and Dean are probably having a last throw of the dice with changing the formation. I honestly do, but that's neither here nor there. I don't think that the one thing we'll see and be surprised at is the substitutions coming on earlier. I think the subs will come on earlier, and I don't think he'll change much from Saturday, if anything, unless there's an injury. And I will say that I thought we looked as balanced as we've looked for ages on Saturday with Fox playing... Uh, am, I, and am I dreaming? But Swansea don't like being pressed high, do they?
0: No, no.
1: So that's what I'd be doing. I'd say, come on. Uh, if if Brown starts, I'd have him on for about sixty, sixty-five minutes, or your lap, and change them. Then if bring Campbell on, or Demacia, right Phillips, and run him into the ground.
0: Mm, that's just what I mean. I, th- I think they're there for the taking. They're not very good, Swansea. They're very. Their system doesn't suit them Similar to Stoke now. If we put Fossu on, racing against them and Campbell on the other side, bombing at them back lines, it, it's going to make a big impact. I mean, especially if we can fit two strikers into that as well, with maybe De Lapp and Gale or De Lapp and Brown, whatever he wants to. It, it, we have got a good team. I think the problem is, is that the manager wasn't utilising them right and, and hopefully that's now going to change. And A bit of a formation change could make a big difference to this team. And I'm hoping now yeah. we can really push on under Alex Neil, And that's yeah. the hope we're all going to go with. inside. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm
1: just so <laughs> excited. Seriously, I'm so excited for us to win 2-1. Who's going to be your man of the match, Ian, for this match?
0: Well, if it's if we win 3-0, it's going to be a, a brace for Dwight Gale. Also, it's going to be man. I was having Dwight Gale. You can't have Dwight Gale. Well, no, tough. I'm having Dwight Gale, I've got a feeling. It's all right, all the then train. I'll
1: go Liam Dillap. I will go Liam Dillap.
0: I don't think he'll play, Ange. Why? I just don't think he'll play. I think I think there'll be a, a complete change of formation and team. I do. I think Alex Neil, he's a strong-minded man. Wherever he goes in anywhere, he has his idea and he does it. I don't think he'll leave as it is. I think he'll leave that back line because it's just been safe to do that. But I think he'll he'll change the forward line to what suits his system. I just believe that. I think that's just what he does. Right,
1: well, I, I can actually say that the press conference is tomorrow and it'll be interesting to see what he says
0: We're going to talk about the Stokes women's team. How did they get on?
1: The reserves won 7-1. It was a friendly, so it didn't matter. But the first team went to Burnley, uh, who are one of the favourites for the leagues. And the difference was Burnley had a penalty and scored. We had a penalty and didn't score. So we lost 1-0. And the girls all felt that they uh, could have played so much better. I was with the reserves, but the girls were the first team all felt they didn't play fast enough, uh, and will make amends on Tuesday, tomorrow, when at 7.45, they take on the other favourite for the league, Wolverhampton. And I'm hoping that as many Stokey fans as possible come to the game, uh, because they need all the support they can get, and it'd be lovely to see more people uh, coming this time to watch them. But it, look... It's one one win, one loss, and
0: hopefully we'll get another win on Tuesday. But they were gutted, absolutely gutted. But women's team last season, to see what's happening now, it's looking professional again now. It looks like they're improving. Burnley are one of the best sides in the league. They understand that. It's, it's just, you know, if they took the penalty, it would have been a good point. But they're doing all right for me. And if we can get some it against Wolves, who were f- who were second favourites, I think, to go up, even better but it's just a game a time at the moment because there's going to be a lot of work going into behind the scenes it's a new management system it's a new coaching network i think as well it's been brought in there's new people in the higher ends of the of the women's team as well so it's only going up isn't it at the moment yeah i agree so we've also got a match on sunday against reading what are your
1: thoughts
0: on that
1: one when you've got incy wincy playing
0: I don't know with Reading, I mean this is the thing with the Championship, isn't it? It was Sunderland last week because I, I, I don't know, I can't judge until I see Swansea, now if i predicted a 3-0 win there, I'm, I'm going to go in with a strong and again I'm probably going to regret it but I'm going to go in with a 1-0 win against Reading because they are a good side, aren't they? But it, I think they are still there for the taking Reading Well, they're at Sheffield United uh, tomorrow night, which will be a tough test for
1: them um, and in actual fact, they are top, Reading and Sheffield United the second. So so that will, will say a lot about them. But when you look at the, the results that they've had this season, they won at Millwall, which is something we haven't done. They beat Middlesbrough at home, which is something we haven't done. They beat Blackburn at home, we beat Blackburn away. Um, and they um, lost to... Rotherham rather surprisingly at the start of the season they beat Cardiff and uh, they lost to Blackpool so they, they've done pretty well actually uh, so far and Thomas and Vince has uh, done quite well for them so I am going for a draw on Sunday
0: you're going for a draw I mean, we'd obviously take a draw at this point at the moment, but it, it's, it's an unknown quantity, isn't it? Because we don't know what Alex Neal's going to do. Because if, if that's the squad he's going to pick on Wednesday, because he's going to go with, as you say, what, what's what been done, then the Sunday one, Sunday one will be his team, won't he? Because that's where he's had a week and he'll be putting his coaching methods in and his tactics. So I don't really know, but I'm going to go with a win. I don't, I don't know, because I think with our forward line now, what qualities we've got there, if it was played right... I know it can do damage. We know how good Campbell is when he plays just off the right. We know we know how good Fossu can be when he plays off the left. And I think with a forward in, in slotted in there and maybe Nick Powell behind when obviously he gets fit again. You never know this season. I don't know if I'm getting you know, too excited, but
1: they've you, also they've also got a player that um, everybody has thought he would end up at Stoke, Shane Long. So we can imagine instant Long scoring, can't we?
0: Not Shane Long, no, not, not at his age. I mean, how old is he now? 40? Uh, I think he's about the same
1: age as you, Ian, about 55.
0: Well, that's wrong, because I'm only 35. I'm younger than him. <laughs> fully enough, I'm, I'm younger than Shane Long. Gosh, but so, he's had a less arduous
1: paper
0: round than you. Well, no, because he, he probably can't lift like I can, so he's one of them in TV. Really. <laughs> <laughs> he can run quicker, but he can't lift them weights. Um, yeah. yeah. Well that's it.
1: We've done the podcast now. We're, we're happy... Uh, we're all looking forward to Wednesday, which normally means by Thursday morning we're all desperately unhappy. And then we'll lift ourselves for Sunday lunchtime and we'll be back with you reporting on the rise and rise and rise and rise of the famous Stoke City.
0: Yeah, it could be the rise. It could be back now. So if this is the manager they've always wanted, this is exciting times. And it's exciting for the next podcast as we'll see what everybody's opinions are. So thanks for listening. Thank you, and
1: Thank you. Bye.